A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their Angry Yowie Coffee Blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight, I'm joined by Cameron, and Cameron had one of the most active 2021s I've ever heard of. He was lucky enough to have not one, but three Yowie encounters in the year, throughout the entire year. So, Cam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, it's, um, it was a bit of a big year, sort of, you know, a bit spaced out, but a big year nonetheless. Absolutely, mate. Most people were kind of either stuck inside, quarantining or, or trapped or, you know, whatever your mindset is on that. Uh, but, mate, you're you're a bit of an outdoorsman and uh, you, you kind of live in the, the golden state of Queensland, as do I. And uh, we, we kind of had free reign throughout the, the year of the 2021s. Mate, give me a rundown of uh, what that year entailed for you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were, we were super lucky with lockdown. Something we only got hit with like two, two or something. So, um, yeah, you know, I spent basically my entire year, you know, I live on the Gold Coast up in the hinterland and, and out and about and doing a couple of road trips up north. So, um, yeah, big year driving around and just exploring nature really yeah and i just want to quickly add in that um you have a a very particular background before we kind of set into your encounters because you're not really just the the average joe you you have a little bit more insight into what may be out there on a, on a scientific level isn't that right yeah so um i just finished my degree uh in in environmental science um with uni so um yeah sort of I've got that bit more of a knowledge and, and being out in nature all the time. You know, I'm learning, you know, learning what animals are making, what noises, and we're out quite a bit at night looking for things like reptiles and possums. So, you know, they make some pretty pretty hectic noises. Um, but, you know, I'm out and about, so we do sort of see a bit of everything. 
Yeah, and I think that's really important to note out is that you you will have this distinct understanding of the differences of the of what you're experiencing in the Australian bush because the Australian bush it can play a lot of tricks on on people who go out there and don't really know what they're they're experiencing. Uh, a koala would be a really good example of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, they make the most amazing sounds. You know, it's like a pig, but you know, a pig on steroids, really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they make the most horrendous noises. So, if you don't know what you're listening to, it can be freaky as when you're out at night alone. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, I th- it's obviously where the whole drop bears joke came around from. And uh, you know what? I'm running with it because it sounds terrifying. Oh, for sure, it's it's horrifying. <laughs> so, mate, take take me back to January of 2021. You're uh, you, you're doing a, a trip basically up the east coast of Queensland, and uh, something happened in Townsville. Yeah, so um, we were doing a trip. Basically, me and three of my other mates, we were doing a trip the whole way up to Townsville, um, and we were staying in Alligator Creek, which is probably half an hour, forty minutes out of town. Um, so we went the whole way up and we're, we're all into our reptiles. So we went up in the ranges, up in the mountains, um, looking for snakes. And then one night we we're on our way back. It was probably, you know, one thirty in the morning. Um, we'd, we'd gone out, we found our snakes, it's too cold. So we came back home. Um, we found a little kangaroo that got hit by, hit by a car. So we rescued him, took him back into town, which was another, you know, hour and a half of driving, um, to take him to a carer. And, uh, on the way back to our campsite, we were pulling up. We we're about a kilometer away. And, um, yeah, we saw these two bright glowing yellow eyes on, um, about seven foot off the road, um, probably a oh, hundred meters. So just out of our headlights. So we couldn't quite make out too much. We saw it was bipedal. Um, and then it sort of moved off the side of the road, went past the telephone pole. Um, we sort of slowly driven up to it. Um, and it's, and the next thing we see, you know, the, the eye shines a hundred meters down into a paddock. And then we sort of, I, I'm panicking, you know, I'm freaking out. We're all going, you know, what the fuck's that? My mate's in the front seat. Um, and then two of the boys are asleep in the back, so they have no idea what's going on. Um, but me and my mate in the front, where they're like, you know, holy shit, what's this? Um, we're looking out the window, I'm panicking, I'm trying to put it up and down, and, and we're looking at the side shine, and it's, by then, it's only been about 10 seconds, but it's easily, you know, 150, 200 metres down the end of a down the end of a paddock, um, you know, and we've got our head torches, like, shining out the window, trying to see what it is. Um, and we're just, we're freaked out. We've got no idea what it was. You know, normally if you see a deer or something like that or a kangaroo, you know, you'll see a kangaroo hop off. You know, you see a deer, it'll run off a little bit and it'll turn and look at you and you can see its legs. You can see, see the sort of shape. But yeah, this one was, it was something different. You know, we only saw two legs. We didn't see any sort of other features that could identify any other animal. Um, but yeah, it was pretty freaky. And, you know, three o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, nothing else is, is really out. Wow, 3 a.m. in the morning and you see this thing with seven foot off the ground glowing eyes. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty freaky. It was super bright yellow eyes. Um, and yeah, we, we cracked our phones up, you know, we were trying to record it. But, you know, I went over the footage the other day. You don't see anything. It's just black. Yeah. So yeah. we're pretty bummed that that didn't work out. <laughs> and that's a problem with encounters during the nighttime where you're trying to catch uh, eye shine is that you, unless you've got this insanely good sensor on your camera, you're you're essentially just going to capture just pure blackness. Yeah, exactly. And um, it was, you know, being shitty old iPhones or Samsungs or whatever, you know, they're not going to catch much. That's, you know, you're barely able to see as well. From the get-go, you kind of knew this was something not normal. 
Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, we we go driving out in Brisbane all the time, and there's a ton of deer, there's a ton of pigs, you know, everything like that. Um, and they all sort of behave really similar. And this thing didn't behave sort of as as anything else does that we know of. Um, and you know, up in town, so you know, it could have been something we weren't aware of, but it's it's too big to be any sort of any of our native animals through there. And that's something. That's probably something worth noting because we have a lot of international listeners is that there isn't a huge amount of uh, creatures in Australia that would like stand that tall. You know, there there might be an emu, there might be uh, a super, super tall kangaroo, um, but that's about it really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, we because um, we drove up on it, it, it was in the back of a paddock, so I had to go across the rest of the road over, you know, a four four foot barbed wire fence. Um, and you know, an emu couldn't really do that that quickly. The eyes were too, too far apart for an emu. You know, you'd see a kangaroo hopping off. So we don't really know what it could have been. Something that has to jump a fence is not going to be just a, a run of the mill creature in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we sort of thought we were driving off. We were thinking, you know, what could that have been? We were talking about it. We're like, you know, we haven't seen any deer. There's no signs of deer. But, you know, pigs don't get that big, cows maybe, but, you know, they're not that big or on the road. There were no other cattle around. Um, and, you know, we were thinking maybe it was someone, you know, out for a walk at three in the morning, you know, it's in the bush, we're heading into the rainforest. So, you know, some kid could have been bored going for a walk, but that was too quick to be someone, you know, running through a paddock. And why would they stop in the middle of the road to look at us? Sort of thing as well. So you think it covered about 150 to 200 metres in about 10 seconds? Yeah, something like that. It was it was really quick. It was a fair distance. And not, um, a, not only and that, it had to jump the fence too. Yeah, yeah, it had to get over a fence or you know around a fence. However, however, it could have gotten through, but it had to get through the fence and then down the paddock. And you know, people can't go that fast. <laughs> and and yeah, you know, not many animals could really do that. I think in in that short space of time without us seeing you know another one or something like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, that's the that's the thing because if you if you saw something like that, you usually see uh, a bunch of them kind of scatter at the yeah. same time. Yeah, you know, normally you might see two or three deer together. You might get the old one alone, or you didn't normally see one alone. But yeah, it was just it was too quick to be a deer. Normally they stay stay a bit closer to the road. But yeah, it was pretty pretty freaky at the time. That's for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. And you know, it sounds like everyone was kind of on edge about it a little bit from the get-go because you know if you if you're all in that same boat you know you're all fairly well educated about what's in the australian bush and you see some basically glowing eyes at seven foot off the ground you'd be on high alert for sure yeah yeah exactly you know we were all sort of we had no idea what it was and i think you know we fed off each other's energy i started freaking out my friends you know my mate in the front seat started freaking out we both had no idea what it was you know, I look to I look to my mate for reassurance, and she's looking at me going, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so we're both just freaking each other out too. Yeah, absolutely, just feeding off each other. I could imagine. Yeah. So I want to ask you about these eyes because it. Do you think the eyes were glowing, or do you think it was a? Do you think it was eye shine? I I reckon it was more eye shine. It was pretty bright eye shine, but I reckon it was just yeah, sort of reflecting off the headlights, sort of thing. But um, they. When we were looking at it in the paddock, we just had our head torches and, and it was still pretty strong eye shine for being that far away. So I'm not too sure. Yeah, because that's the to thing be that's, that's the thing that stands out for me is that I could understand the 
the headlights off your car because you know they're they're putting out quite a quite a bit of light, quite a bit of energy. Um, but the, without knowing what kind of head torches you had, I could only imagine you know something with some AA batteries is kind of just putting out a a bit of a spreaded beam there rather than something fairly targeted and direct for it to to get that eye shine from you know two hundred meters away. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to be be going out there saying it was definitely glowing, but yeah, it was pretty fairly bright eye shine, um, and we did have two head torches, so that may have helped. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure about that. Yeah, it's it's a super interesting part of the uh, of the encounter, that's for sure. And you know, it's the thing that stood out for you from the get go of it, and and it's what made you realize, you know, this isn't isn't normal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it was it was too tall to be something that we're used to, and and it just didn't behave the same. So it was pretty freaky. So what was the uh, impression after that? Like, were you were you kind of just like on edge a little bit? Were you were you kind of pumped about? Hey, did we just potentially see a Yowie? And I guess were you a believer of the Yowie before this encounter? Um, I was sort of, you know, I was, I was always skeptical. I was always like, you know, if I see one, I'll, I won't have any issues going, yep, yeah, he's a real. But until I sort of, you know, experience it or see one, I'd be a bit, you know, yeah, they could be out there. Cause, you know, when, when you go out bush, there's that much space out there. Some people refuse to believe it. Some people say we've explored every square inch of Australia. And that's just, <laughs> it's, it's not true. There's dreaming. that much They're out dreaming. there. Yeah. You know, even, even here on the Gold Coast, there's that much land out here that is just no one's there. And there's that much rainforest, that much in the mountains where, you know, things like that could still be out here, you know, and, and we wouldn't even know. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's for me, it, it's kind of a, there's, there's no question. These things are, these things are out there. And I've spoken to, to too many people who have had too many encounters and, and so many different encounters that, you know, you can't, you can tell that people aren't just kind of copying each other and just changing a bit. It's, um, yeah. there's, I feel like there's too much, uh, I guess, firsthand experience to, to count as evidence out there to really discount that this thing's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think at the end of the day, you know, as much as some people might want to be in for it for fame or a, or a second of glory, like, what's, what's the point? You know, what's the point of putting yourself out there when, you know, if you see something like this, it, it's something scary and it's pretty awesome to, to experience. For sure. You know, I don't think, I don't think that many people would be trying to shoot for fame or anything like that. Mate, I can tell you that no one is going to get rich or famous off it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, um, if anyone's trying to do that, you know, they're, um, they're, they're making a joke of themselves in my opinion. But I want to hear about the second encounter that you had in, uh, in October later that year. Yeah. So, um, I, I'd sort of went out for, for a night out so i met this girl at uni um and, and i was just sort of we we're just getting getting together and getting to know each other so we went up to to springbrook and there's a lookout up there called best of all lookout so um i think it might be the highest lookout on the mountain but um you know you you go up the mountain it's all rainforest once you're up there and you turn off this road and it's sort of it's one of those roads where it's a two-way road but it's sort of you know you can fit one car on there or one and a half cars um, and you go right down the end, you do a 500 meter walk through the forest and boulders. There's, you know, these ancient trees up there, get to a lookout. Um, and you turn back, you go back to your car. Um, but we went up there for a night because we're both into our animals. So I was like, Oh, you know, come for a what, third or fourth date. I was like, yeah, you know, come and, come and check out these snakes in the, in the bush. And she's like, yeah, right. Let's go. <laughs> you know, so 
blows my mind I can convince someone to come and do that. But <laughs> um, but yeah, she came out with me and we were we were up on the mountain. We we looked for our snakes. We'd found a couple and we went to this lookout. We got there, jumped out of the car. Nothing fell off. It was just a normal normal trail. So we chucked our head torches on, went down, went to the lookout. And, you know, lookout, you can see all the way down to like Byron Bay. Um, you know, you can see all the lights. You can see Mount Warning, which is, you know, a good 30 or 40k away, something like that. Um, so it's a really, really amazing lookout. And at night, you know, if the moon lights it up, it looks gorgeous. Um, so we did that, you know, and then we were walking back to the car. It's only a five minute walk. Um, and then probably about 150 meters from the car, I got this, this gut wrenching feeling of, you know, get out of here. Something's wrong. Um, you know, that feeling where, you know, you know, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. You don't belong. Um, so I sort of, I was, you know, turning back, trying not to freak out. Um, and yeah, trying not to freak out, walking back to the car, get into the car, shut the door, lock the door. Um, and, and I turned to, to my partner now and I go, you know, did you, did you just feel that too? Like it wasn't just me freaking myself out. And she goes, yeah, holy shit. You know, <laughs> thank God you brought it up because I was freaking out for the past, you know, three minutes of that war. So, you know, no communication. We barely spoke for that last, you know, couple of hundred meters. Um, cause we were both just internally freaking out and we got back in the car and we've both just gone, nah, nah, fuck this. Yeah, um, wow. That it's yeah. like a a pure primal reaction to to something out there. Yeah, you know, it's um, I've been out west and you know I've been out looking for for wildlife or whatever at night or out for a night hike and you know I've been watched by dingoes. You go out and you look around, you see the eye shine. You know, dingoes are about you know seventy meters away, and they're just checking out, checking you out. Like you know, they're not going to attack. They're not freaking out, but you know, you can feel that they're watching you, but. But up there, mate, it was it was something completely different. It was, you know, you can feel something's watching you, but it's, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of, it's that gut-wrenching, you know, you don't belong here, you shouldn't be here sort of feeling. Did you feel, like, any difference to the the surroundings around you? Like, did you feel like the, the bush went quiet or still or anything like that? Yeah, you know, it was um, oh, I'm trying to remember the details. But yeah, it was it was a pretty quiet night. Um, to begin with, it was getting a little bit late, so most animals are starting to quiet down a little bit. But yeah, it was it was pretty quiet. Um, it was just yeah that feeling where you know I was I was checking over my shoulder every five five steps. Um, you know, sort of really getting stressed out because I felt like there was something that was going to come out from behind us or or that sort of thing. So. Yeah, it's just a completely different feeling. That's that's all I can really explain is just, you know, it's that it's that gut wrenching, you know, fear. It's not, you know, oh shit, I'm being watched by something. It's you know, you you're scared. Did you feel sick or nauseous or anything like that from this experience? Um, nah, nothing like that. You know, no no sick no, you know, I've heard about the really gross smells from the Yowies, nothing like that. You know, it was that gut wrenching, you know, anxiety sort of thing, but it wasn't, you know, no nausea, no, no bad smells or anything like that. Yeah, it it's such a it's such a unique kind of set of encounters there because it's it's one thing for you to have that feeling and and have the reaction that you did, but for your partner to basically mirror exactly the same thing is just so so fascinating to me because yeah. you know I've I've never really heard of that before. It's 
And I think that's such a, a really unique aspect of this encounter is that it's it's kind of like a shared primal reaction from the both of you. Yeah, I think that's that's sort of what freaks me out the most. I think about that. You know, we've we've gone back up there a couple of times, and I think we're both sort of a little bit <laughs> a little bit sus on it. But every time I go up now, it's just sort of you know I'm a little bit anxious about it because I think I'm just freaking myself out. But I haven't gotten that feeling sort of since. I don't think I've done that walk since, to be entirely honest with you. But yeah, it's sort of even if you go up there during the day, you don't feel this. And and I think to to feel the exact same thing as my partner at the exact same time and have no you know no conversation about it is pretty <laughs> pretty terrifying. Yeah, it it really is. You know, it's it's something that's just so out of the normal. And then to to not embrace it or to not kind of confront it there and then as well and then talk about it later as yeah something something definitely weird was happening there but my my question for you about this whole experience is like have you ever heard of um a a thing called infrasound before no i haven't so what it is and i'm going to do a really really poor um <laughs> explanation of it is it's basically um a sound or a frequency that animals make to uh, bring on fear or um, uh, sickness or anything like that. You know, it's it's kind of like a predatory thing, and yep. it can it can really freeze um, animals or anything like that. They kind of get like the word people use is like they get zapped by it. Yeah. Wow. Did you feel like that's what it was? Like, do you feel like you were zapped by something? Like, do you feel like it was a gradual thing, or was it just something that kind of hit you? Yeah. Honestly, I just I just remember it sort of hitting. I don't think it was. You know, I didn't get. You know, if you say zapped, I think, you know, electricity, I don't think it was anything like that. But yeah, it sort of came on really quickly. It wasn't a gradual, you know, I was I was out having a really great time. We were having a great night. So I wasn't stressing about that sort of thing. I wasn't looking over my shoulder. It just sort of, you know, it hit in that last couple of couple of hundred meters of that walk. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's a very unique encounter and for me, uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, pigeonhole the the experience that you had but it it sounds so so eerily close to encounters of people who have had infrasound happen to them like this sounds almost exactly like that yeah yeah i um i'll have to definitely look into that i reckon but i'll um yeah it sounds really crazy so i think that could potentially be something that it could have happened but you know i'm not going to put any fingers on it just yet yeah no definitely not you know i'm I'm only speculating but that might be worth looking into because i don't know how down the yowie rabbit hole you you've really gone but that would be something i would you know invest gone half a night into just have a quick google of it because i think it might be something that might it might interest you because you know tigers do it elephants do it like these these this thing actually exists out there in the um in the animal world so it's not like it's it's the woo aspect of the of the yowie so to say yeah wow i'll definitely have to look into that i reckon that's um that's really cool so tell me about this final encounter that you had because this is the one that this one stands out for me this is the one that made me go i need to i need to talk to cameron big time and now a quick word from our sponsor One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah. Um, oh, when was it? It was, um, it was December. So, you know, being, being into environmental stuff, um, we, we go out looking for snakes all the time. It's, it's a big passion for, for a lot of us. You know, we grew up watching Steve Irwin. So, you know, we're out there all the time looking for this sort of stuff. And we're on one of those nights where we're out looking for them. Um, and driving up to, there's a national park. Um, section called Binnabara. So, you know, it was that famous lodge. It, it burns down in the 2020 fires. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a really famous area. So we're driving up there. It's a road called um, Beachmont Road. So it's, you know, 20K long or something like that. Um, and it goes all through the forest, all through a couple of little towns. Um, and, and three quarters of the way up sort of thing, there's this little, it's like a retaining wall. You know how they, um, they'll they spray like cement on the side of some rocks and it sort of get gets all crumbly. You know, I think, yeah, it's, yeah um, it gets all crumbly. And, and they kind of put the, the mesh over it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, and they've got like a drain down the side and they've got these big drainage pits, um, you know, because it, it rains down there in summer quite a lot. Um, so there's this section, it's probably 200 metres long and it's up on the left and then on the right-hand side, there's just there's a big drop. It drops off the side of the mountain sort of thing. It's not, you know, a sheer cliff, but it's a fairly steep, you know, mountain going down. Um, so, so we were going through there and we found a snake on the road. So we, we pull up, I've just ripped up the car in the middle of the road. Um, no one really comes up there. So we just stopped. I jumped out, ran back to it and, and picked it up. And, um, you know, this is a, it's a small kind of, you know, fairly dangerous venomous snake, um, called a small eyed snake. So, um, you know, it's not going to kill you, but it can ruin your next couple of weeks. Um, so I've got that in my hand. I'm, I'm sort of getting that off the road. And um, all of a sudden, every everything goes quiet, and I get in my right hand ear. I just have this deep, deep guttural sort of growl. You know, um, the way I explained it at the time was like a cross between like a tiger or a lion growl and the afterburner of a fighter jet. If you sort of, you know, if you know what one of those sounds like, it's this real deep sort of roar. And I had that in my ear, so I've frozen. You know, <laughs> crashed me dax a little bit. Um, and my partner's, you know, running down behind me going, oh, awesome snake, got her phone, got a head torch. Um, and and she sort of, she said, because I spoke to her when I got in the car, um, you know, she's coming down. She said she got this feeling sort of, you know, of anxiety a second before she sees me freeze. Um, and I've just gone, you know, I've turned to her, I've gone, did you hear that? And she goes, hear what? <laughs> you oh, know? wow. Um, yeah, she was about, I think, 10, 10, 15 meters behind me. Um, so, you know, and it was that loud in my ear. I thought anyone should have been able to hear it. Um, I'm, I'm a three meters away from this retaining wall. So nothing could have been in my ear without her seeing it. Um, but, but yeah, I sort of, I freaked out. I froze. I've got this snake in my hand that, you know, if I get bitten, I'm going to have a really, really <laughs> shitty night. So, you know, I'm on the side of the road. I've got this snake. And then, you know, for me to freeze like that, you know, I've sort of really got to get scared by something. Um, and that was something for sure I'd be scared of, I think. Yeah, wow, what a what a situation to be caught in there because one you've got this snake and you you're frozen. You just frozen. You heard this thing in your 
in your head and you don't know what to make of it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty terrifying. You know, you up there, you hear cane toads going nonstop. So it was it was pretty freaky hearing, you know, every, everything else went quiet. Didn't hear any cane toads, didn't hear anything. And it's just this growl. So the whole bush went quiet and the only sound you heard was this, this really intense roar. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't say it was a roar. It was more of, you know, like a deep, you know, stomach sort of a growl. Like, you know, it was coming from the chest. It was a really big growl. It wasn't really, you know, a roar. Yeah, right. Something. You know, it was, oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, it was, um, it was sort of like, you know, this, this is my spot sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I yep. wonder, and your partner didn't hear this at all. Yeah, she she didn't hear any of it. So you know, I've um I've parked the car up and she's running back down to me. So she's about ten meters away, and you know, with how loud it was in my ear, you'd expect she'd hear it. You know, if there was an animal that was on the, the retaining wall that was about four meters to my left, if that, you know, you should have been able to see it, but she saw nothing up there. Um, and you know, it's a good still another meter and a half above me until ground where something could stand. So, you know, I've got no idea what could have been that loud in that situation. Have you ever experienced anything like that in your life before? Nothing like that, no. How do you how do you explain to someone how you could hear that but your your partner couldn't? Yeah, see that's the thing, you know, I, I can't explain it. I've got, you know, I'm still drawing absolute blanks as to what it could have been. You know, I'm going through animals it could have been, unless it was, you know, something but yeah my partner said she had a had a gut feeling just before she saw me freeze so unless that was you know a subtle movement that i made that made her freak out but yeah it was just to have her say she felt her heart drop and then i froze and freaked out i think that's yeah it's pretty freaky and yeah i just i can't justify what it could have been it genuinely is terrifying because it's it's impossible to to really explain that because the only thing that is coming to mind, and this is this is going to sound probably a little bit weird, a little bit woo to you, but it sounds like a thing in the in the Bigfoot world, especially they call this mind speak, where they people will say that these creatures project sounds into their heads, and I've never spoken to anyone who's encountered this before, but. This almost sounds exactly like that. Yeah, you know, it it definitely did feel like, you know, it was it was in my ear, but yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It was just it was that loud that yeah, it could have, you know, I haven't read on read up on that sort of thing, but yeah, you know, it sounds pretty similar to what what I experienced. And you said it you only heard it in the one ear. Yeah, it was sort of it was just one side, you know. It it sort of it consumed everything, like, you know, I felt it everywhere but it was just it was just on one side it was like you know someone comes up into your ear and says you know whispers something in your ear it was sort of like that but you know nothing was there this is this might sound like a weird question but could you feel it could you feel the noise a little bit it was sort of you know i don't know if it was just my body reacting to the noise but yeah it was it was pretty intense like it was it felt that loud where I could sort of almost feel it in my chest, yeah. Because the thing is, like, when you hear loud noises, and especially, like, low, grumbly types of sounds, like, they, they can have a physical effect on you. You know, you hear, a, like, a Harley or something go past you, and you can feel the sound kind of bouncing off your own body. 
and you couldn't feel anything like this. Yeah, I um, you know, I think you know, I felt it in my head. I think that's just because it was so so sort of loud in my head. But it wasn't, you know, you don't feel it. Didn't feel it in my hands. Didn't feel it sort of anywhere else. How does that make you feel? Like this type of experience that you just can't explain. Um, to be honest, I, I freaked out for the night. I um, I didn't feel comfortable until I got home in my own bed. Um, but outside of that, you know, I think. I, you know, I go up there all the time and I absolutely love it. So I think it's just part of nature. It's not, you know, it's not something I should be scared of if, if I'm accepting that, you know, I'm going out there and I could see a yowie or I could see, you know, the next, next cryptid or something like that, you know. Um, I'm pretty open to, to experiencing any of that sort of stuff. So I'm not too stressed if I do find it, but, you know, I do feel. I do feel a little bit sketched out when I go up to those certain spots now at night. <laughs> oh, mate, I don't blame you. I think <laughs> I think anyone would who's gone through the the experiences that you had because what's what's really unique about your set of encounters here is that apart from that first one, everything else is just so so personal and and I guess so intimate to you because there were I guess it was almost emotional emotionally targeted towards you like it didn't it didn't try to scare you out of the area or or anything like that it kind of it kind of affected you in a different way yeah yeah definitely i think you know having having been spent so much time out there and this is what i wanted to do with my life since you know i was a little kid so i think having that bit of a connection i feel you know may have sort of helped it a little bit you know if if i feel like you know i shouldn't be in this area it's not right for me to be here right now I think that could definitely play into it if I've sort of got a little bit of a connection with, you know, the natural world. But I think that's also getting a bit, a bit too spiritual if, if you're a bit scientific. But yeah, sort of for a lack of a better term, it's sort of, you know, it's that connection, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think you're right. I think the, personally, I think the Australian bush is alive. I think it's a very spiritual place. And to, to think that, there's just nothing else kind of out there would almost be not naive, but I think maybe narrow minded. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, there's so much, like I said earlier, there's so much space where, you know, we just, we don't know what's out there. And I think we've definitely got a special country. You go out there, you spend a couple of hours alone out in the bush and you you do feel like it, it is alive. You know, there's so much going on. Everything's sort of working together in some way or another. So after your encounters here, Cameron, what do you what do you think you experienced on those on those three individual encounters? Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. So you know, I really part of me really wants to believe it was all yowies. It was all yowies or aliens or something. You know, I get really excited, but you know, sitting back and trying to think about it, I just I genuinely don't know. You know that that first experience in Townsville, you know, the only thing I can put my finger on would be a yowie or something like that. You know, and I'm getting a bit excited to go, yeah, it was a yowie. But that's sort of, that's the best thing I can use to explain it was that's the only animal, you know, I guess you could say that could be, could have been the cause of that. Um, and yeah, with, with my two experiences here on the coast, I, I really don't know, to be honest with you, Cade. No, and that's fair enough because, you know, you, you're the one who experienced these encounters. And what I, what I really like about you, Cameron, is that you, you're not kind of this, this yowie nerd, as I would, as I would kind of put it, like you're not, you don't know this this kind of intricate knowledge about you know the the infrasound and and the um the 
the mind speak and things like that. So all of these encounters are really unadulted for you. So you don't have a, a bias to them, which I think is so fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I try to keep an open mind. I definitely, I think after after that third experience, I was I was starting to go down that yowie rabbit hole. But I sort of, I think I pulled myself back to reality and sort of had to sit back and go, all right, let's not let's not join yowie hunters just yet. Yeah. But um, you know, let's <laughs> let's see one in person in daylight. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's yeah, it's sort of it's blown my mind. I really don't know what to what to say. It all was, but you know, it's it's definitely something really I think personal. You know. Has it made you think differently of the Australian bush after having these types of encounters? Um, oh, yes and no. You know, I'm definitely a little bit more, not on edge, but I'm definitely a little bit more alert when I'm going into places I'm not too sure on or, you know, going out by myself at night or something like that. Um, but I've always felt that, yeah, you know, like you said before, the bush is alive. It's, it's definitely a very special place. So I've always sort of tried to treat it with as much respect as I can. Um, you know, you treat things with respect, they'll respect you back. So, And have you ever told many people about these encounters? Um, oh, you know, it was, it was restricted to close friends for, for the first sort of one or two. Um, you know, that, that second one I told my mate from, from Townsville straight away. I was like, oh, you know, you'll never guess what happened. Um, but by the third time, I think I've just sort of, I've accepted, you know, it could have been a yell, it could have been something, but I'm, I'm always happy to tell a really weird story about some adventure I was on. So, yeah, you know, my whole family got that low down a couple of days later. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Because the only thing, the other thing that really comes to mind for this third encounter is I wonder if there was a big cat in the bush. That that definitely crossed my mind. Um, you know, I've got a couple of mates who are who are pretty dead set that they reckon they've seen, you know, a big cat here in Australia. And, you know, you you do the research and it could potentially be a thing. Um I, you know, like I said with the Yowies, I err on the side of until I see one in person or I have that experience, I'm not gonna say it's certain, but it could definitely be out there, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely, because the the Australian bush is just like prime for these you know, like panthers and, and things like that because there there's nothing out there that would stop a a big cat from just thriving out in the Australian bush. Uh, I guess, you know, if, you, if you're going down that route, you know, maybe the only thing that would be an absolute predator to, to the big cat would be either a yowie or a giant boar out in the bush somewhere. Yeah, I think, you know, a fully grown feral pig could definitely take on a big cat you know it would give it a good run for its money um and you know a yow yow can probably take on a big cat pretty all right (laughs) um but you know you hear all the stories about the old army boys who released a couple of big cats out in the you know the hinterland or something like that and it only takes you know five or six of these cats to meet up with each other and have a whole lot of babies and you know there you go. You know, Bob's your uncle, and that was only happening, you know, in the eighties. And these cats lived for thirty years. Oh yeah, exactly. So, exactly. You know, they lived for that long. They could still be out there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I um, I recently uh, spoke to a mate of mine on the podcast. His name's uh, Ben, and he has the the podcast Missing Panther here in Australia. And uh, if if you haven't checked it out, absolutely ch- check it out. He does an amazing job, and. The insight that he gives on how many big cats could potentially be out there just roaming the bush in Australia is it's mind boggling because there was just such careless acts done when these creatures were 
you know, originally brought over to Australia for whatever reason it may be that essentially people just kind of let them go out into the bush because they're too hard to look after. Yeah, you, I think people do that with their, you know, you hear stories about people with their pet snakes or, you know, their bird that got out and they're like, oh, it'll be fine. But the number of birds you see that are out and about, especially on the Gold Coast, you know, we've we've got a few macaws that fly around my place every so often. So, <laughs> really? you know, um, I think they all go back home every night, so I've been told. But, um, you know, something like a big cat could definitely survive out here. There's plenty of kangaroos. There's plenty of food out there. So, Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Cameron, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you tonight. Your insight is fantastic. I think it's great that, you know, you, you really do come in with this scientific mind to it, but you're you're also still quite open. Um, I would definitely, definitely take a, a few moments of your time to – you know, go and research the the whole infrasound and mind speak thing when it comes to Yowie's that who knows, it might give you a sense of closure, a little bit more of an idea of maybe what you experienced. Um, but I think your encounters are, are super fantastic. And, you know, it's I'm truly honored that you come on the show to share them with me, mate. Yeah, thank honestly, thank you so much for having me. You know, <laughs> I've been sitting here thinking, oh, holy shit, I'm actually on this podcast now. Um <laughs> But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad I could share it. So I hope someone, someone out there has had a similar thing and they feel, you know, comfortable to come on the show. Cause yeah, you know, it's really good sort of hearing other people's point of view. And, you know, even if we just learn a little bit here and there, I think it makes, um, it makes the world a bit of a better place. We just share, share the experiences. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for having me, mate. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.